the show and tell now, shall we? Yo, yo, what is good, my beautiful people? I am Creator K, and welcome to episode 10 of the Show & Tell podcast, a monthly show dropping every first Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. In this episode, I am joined by LA-based electronic music producer, Geller. If you're a new listener, this is how Show & Tell goes down real quick. Part one of the show is where we get to dive deep into the mind of our guests and find out what makes them tick and what they've been working on lately. In part two, we have the conveniently titled show and tell section. The guests and I each bring in one item that we have been digging lately, whether that be an album that has been on repeat, an artist that deserves more eyes and ears, or a story that is worth listening to, we share what it means to us and why you might like it too. In this episode, Geller talks about what it felt like to put together and release his first full-length project, the curiosity of dreams, and channeling negative circumstances into positive outcomes. In part two, I talk about a 2015 short film starring Chance the Rapper that I am very fond of, while Geller talks about J.D. Salinger's The Catcher in the Rye, and how the story of the book's main character relates closely to his life thus far. Before we get into the show, I should mention that because part of our discussion in this episode covers a topic that involves mental illness, I want to take this opportunity to say that if anyone listening is suffering from depression, anxiety, or any other less than desirable mental state, or if you know of someone who is, just know that you're not alone and it's natural to feel this way. I urge you to talk to someone about it, whether that be a professional or a friend or maybe just a family member, because that is one of the best things you can do, but also be proactive in doing the little things that help you get out of your head, such as going for a walk, meditating, or listening to a favorite album, maybe painting, just some form of expression, or just anything else that emotes positivity and calmness. And I speak from personal experience, you know, I'm a, I'm a lot like everybody else, we all go through shit, and I can say that that stuff, you know, getting outside, expressing yourself in some form, Even if you have to force yourself to do it, that shit really, really helps. So I encourage you to do so. Also, I am always open to chat about anything, so please do not hesitate to reach out to at Let's Show and Tell or Creator K on social media. Uh, I'm, I'm a great listener. I do like to talk a lot, as most people know. I mean, I have a podcast that's like the number one outlet for people who like to talk a lot. But I do listen very well as well. So feel free to reach out. We can shoot the shit about some heavy stuff if you want, or we can talk about some of the lighter stuff like art and music or sports or the power of love maybe or existence i I, i'm down to talk about anything so do not hesitate to reach out like i said now it is time for episode 10 of the show and tell podcast let's get it Welcome to episode 10 of the Show and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Creator K, and joining me for the 10th anniversary, which is basically just, I've been doing it for 10 months, is Austin Geller, otherwise known as Geller, who is a, an LA producer of music. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to be here. This is uh, like the first like kind of official like interview, I guess you could say, that I've ever done. So this is, this is a cool experience. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, of course. I'm honored to have uh, to be a part of the first interview that you've ever done. You're not the first person on the show to, to have never really done an interview before. So, um, well, I did one at a show and it was, I thought it was, it went well. And then, uh, the interviewer after said, Oh wait, the mic wasn't on, but I didn't have time <laughs> to re-record cause I was about to perform. So, Oh, of course. Yeah. Classic, classic. Yeah. But, so whatever. <laughs> so you are a producer of music. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about, about yeah. what kind of music you make? So, um, I make, uh, gosh, this is like the classic question. <laughs> the I'm classic, making. yeah. For sim- for just for a simple answer, I make electronic music, IDM, internet dance music, 
and uh, really influenced by uh, just analog sound and you know jazz influences. I promised that I wouldn't give that kind of answer when I, if I was asked this because I saw this coming. But <laughs> I like to believe that I have a pretty unique sound to myself. Um, I call it a Geller step, kind of as a joke. But uh, that's uh, the hashtag I use when I like post a track on SoundCloud or whatever. But um, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to you know hit a lot of different markets. You know, yeah, while of course, keeping a consistent sound. Of course, I feel you. What? So I'm curious to ask somebody this because I don't think I've really ever searched for an answer, and I don't think there really is an answer. But why do you think it's so hard for people who? For me, I I classify your music, and I don't want I don't mean to like box it into anything. No, but, no, no, um, of course. Your music and a lot of people who make electronic music that is of the variety of just kind of in, uh, experimental and right. dance, I kind of classify it as future beats because yeah. I think that's yeah, just that's kind fair. of like the, the best way for me to describe it. But why is it so hard for for producers to kind of classify Like what, what makes it so difficult? Yeah, that's a great question. And kind of as you said, it's really like once you put a label on something, you kind of start to box yourself in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I... I've put out one project, like full-length project already, and I'm already working on my second one that I'm going to get ready to put out at the end of the year. And it's our, you know, it's got some similarities, you know, but it's it's a bit of a departure from the sound that I put out on the last one. And, you know, if you look at some of the greatest artists ever, let's look at um, Kanye, you know, say what you will about the guy, but, you know, he's one of the greatest musicians of all time. And, you know each of his albums he's had consistencies to where you know it's Kanye but it's like he reinvents himself almost like a new sound I guess you could say you know that's kind of what I'm trying to do for um you know of sorts for short I you know I I just say electronic usually because that's what it is electronic music um in my opinion it's different from dance music so I try to make that pretty distinguishable in fact when uh when iTunes classified my uh, album Astral Plane as a dance album, I emailed them like, <laughs> "You guys got to change that because it is not a dance album." Like, did they change it? No, <laughs> no, they didn't. Oh but no, it's okay. It's whatever. Because you because if when someone just some random person on the street or someone that you just met wants to know what kind of music you make, like as much as well, you. So the reason. For- the, sorry, sorry. So, so the reason, and I should clarify that I have nothing against dance music. It's mm-hmm. just when um, when people ask me, "Oh, what kind of music do you make?" and I say like electronic, they will say, "Oh, you make EDM," and I'm like, right. "No, not really," because I already know what's happened. They've associated it with like Martin Garrix and like you know Marshmallow. Nothing against those guys, but the music I make is very different from that. I'd like to think it's more artistic and just you know detail oriented yeah i would definitely agree with that i honestly i'm not afraid to say that i can't stand those like two artists <laughs> in that style of music that you well, just mentioned I, I won't say that i i think yeah I, i'm not gonna you know say <laughs> that i i think that they've got you know they're talented they are oh, of course I, I absolutely know how to market to a genre i think they're a lot more talented than the music that they're required to put out by their labels so and i you know i i've i've started to see that uh, recently, so I'm, I'm not gonna say anything, about, you know, about that. But right. I understand where you're coming from. For long, I don't listen to that music. You know, that's yeah, I'll say that yeah, much. Yeah, I think I put it in a much more harsher 
No, 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 no. Um, it was blunt. I mean, because because they true. definitely. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely talented. I mean, like li- I I can't make what they're making, but yeah, it's definitely just not in my musical taste. Um, yeah, no, me neither. And I think that when I was in college, a lot of my friend group would listen to that. Um, and I I guess at the time I was a little more into it, but after a while, it just got it got stale quickly. And I think just my undiagnosed musical ADHD requires to hear something different and something new all the time. I, so, yeah, I am <laughs> the exact same way. In fact, my friend just told me that I have ADHD when it comes to music like last week because when we're in the car, I can play a song for like a minute and a half, two minutes before I got to change it. Like, <laughs> same same here. It's good to know I'm not alone in that. Oh, no. I, I mean, you're definitely not alone. So you mentioned the album that you, your first full length project that you dropped, and that was in December, December yes. 2018. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so not, yeah. not too long ago, but it's been no. a, a good five, six months since yeah. you put it out. So you want to tell us a little bit about this project that is titled Astral Plane? Absolutely. So, um, gosh. Like, what was it like to put out your first full length project rather than just, It was you know, extremely surreal, man. Like that whole process, like one of the coolest, like, stretches of time in my life i guess you could say it was about a year and a half in the making because for the longest time i knew that i wanted to put out an album accompanied by a live show of 100 percent my own music where you know nothing against djing but i wanted to do something where i'm playing keys and midis live it just felt more personal to me you know i had this idea of you know i don't know how familiar you are with like astral projecting and like that the whole like phenomenon behind that and you know that was really interesting to me and I was like dreams and you know out-of-body experiences like I've had sleep paralysis you know throughout Mm -hmm. my life and sometimes lucid dreaming no matter how much you try to explain it to anybody in words you who hasn't experienced it you can't like there are no words for it. And I feel like that's what's so great about music because it kind of fills in the gaps that like language leaves. And so, and that's what I thought, you know, I was like, I really want to, you know, for not just lucid dreaming or sleep paralysis, but like for like those, you know, dreams feel like out of body experiences when you, when you wake up and like you're thinking back on them. And it's just like, there's, you know, dreams are such, they're so interesting. And I feel like, we're never going to fully understand why you're dreaming certain things on, you know, and, and, you know, it's just, so I wanted to make an album that kind of encapsulated what I feel like a dream is like. So like, you know, in the, in the beginning of the album, the first song is called dream state, you know, the listener is falling. It's the beginning of the journey. You're falling asleep. And, you know, the song, the the last song uh, until then ends with, you know, the alarm clock, birds chirping, can we get? Can we play a track off of that right now? Just yeah, a little yeah, snippet of course, for the man. listeners. Is there one in particular that you think, without without like giving too much of the project away, but is there one that you think the listeners would enjoy to listen to like thirty seconds of? I'll let you choose that because I Ooh, like okay. them all pretty equally. I know that um, Contour Lines is probably the most popular, statistically speaking. That's with Lily Finale. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one a lot. I think my favorite, the first one that I listened to that that got me. Ozone. Uh, to know you as Ozone, yeah. That's in one All of the right, show and tell playlists, I believe. Let's, let's bump it, dude. All right, so this is Ozone off of Astral Plane.
that's the fourth, fifth, fourth track, fifth track. I can't, I can't remember. It's the fourth, like real track, but fifth on the track list because the first right. one is like a forty-second intro about the release process, which you're asking me because I kind of right got to give you a flowery answer and forgot about that. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. It was a very hectic time, but I enjoyed it because you know I got to put out my first full-length album and I'm, I'm actually very very proud of it like i'm a very harsh critic of my music and i'm 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 very pleased with how the album turned out and um that's a good question i haven't really thought about what my emotions are about like that whole period of time right because it's hard to think about it while you're in it and even there's even so the, there's the so many moving after. pieces right, yeah there's course. just so much happening but uh no it was uh it was a good time. It, I definitely had a great time. While I was working on the album, I kind of disappeared from SoundCloud for about a year. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of one of those kids that was putting out singles and flips. Um, and I, that's how I had gotten most of my following. So it was a risk for me to just kind of abandon that. And by the time I had you know, come back, SoundCloud it was like officially dead. Like nobody used it anymore, Yeah, <laughs> which is a whole other topic. But... I mean, I think it was the right choice for me to make. I, I, I was enjoying the music I was putting out on SoundCloud. I just didn't really feel like it was, you know, anything entirely special, you know, to me at least. Not nearly in the same way that, you know, Astral Plane is or anything I'm working on right now for that matter. So, yeah. I already know the answer to this question, but what are you working on right now? Well, <laughs> the answer before yesterday was um, very solidified. You know, it was a solid answer. I knew what I was going to say. However, I had a meeting yesterday, and um, I'm not really supposed to talk about it for one of, of the course. things. So that one might just remain a surprise if it happens or if it doesn't. You know, on my front, um, I am currently working on my sophomore album. It is called That Which Links Us as of now, but I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to keep it. I like that working title. And um, it's kind of about death and just uh, being, you know, leaving no regrets you know missed opportunities you know i've been very interested in just the whole afterlife process because i'm pretty religious but also like you know i've been doing a lot of like research on like people who have like near-death where they die and they come back and i know this is like you know so i don't know do you watch the joe rogan podcast at all i actually don't but um from time to time. I haven't really watched a full episode, but I, I yeah. see the snippets. So the whole DMT thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know about that. So I've been reading a lot about that because that is so interesting to me. don't know if I would ever do it because I am completely straight edge. I've never done any drugs in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's honestly at the point where I might just keep it that way. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, I definitely, you know, I know they what they've said is that DMT is the chemical that your brain produces and releases when you're dying, which they believe might be kind of like the the key to what's beyond, like why people, you know, say I died and then came back to life and I saw, you know, whatever. That whole topic of just death is really what this album is about. Death is what we all have in common. Yeah, for sure. How you look at it, might be how you listen to my album some people might find it you know dark and sad tone some people might find it upbeat and i think that it's kind of telling 
you know, it's it's also the same way you look at death. Are you afraid of death, or do you view it as you know that's okay? It's you know I get to go to I, I get to rest now. I had an accomplished life. So yeah, I'm working on that. Um, a short film that I'm I've written and I'm gonna direct to go for it. You know, music videos, all mm-hmm. that jazz the whole thing you know yeah that's really cool and uh, and just to just to take one step back to kind of the the theme of your sophomore project right i think it's very respectable and i personally i appreciate that you're taking the view of connecting with people through something that is not not talked about or maybe covered yeah. in a music project as much as something like love or um i don't know that's the first one that came to mind love even though it's dark i like i think it's death and depression and and all like i like just things in that realm are important to talk about just as much as anything else yeah absolutely and that's i've tried to be as open about that as i can be i along with probably 90 percent of the population suffer from depression i'm pretty sure you know maybe the statistics say only like 40% 40% of people, I, I don't believe that. I think a lot of people just aren't open about it. And I think that's a whole conversation that we need yeah, to start having. I would agree with you. That's the thing, though. I mean, that you said death is like dark. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know. Um, one of the things that I, you know, has been an inspiration behind, you know, Astral Plane and this album. My father passed away two years ago. Um, and it was a complete, like, shock for me you know, very healthy guy. And um, he had a heart attack at work. And we, you know, just completely turned my life upside down, my family's life upside down. I, you know, of course, I'm still, you know, going through the whole, you know, coping and grieving process still. But a big portion of like my expression has been through music, of course, deciding how I want to like, okay, am I gonna treat this as, you know, is this just going to be a negative thing or can I turn this into something positive where I can express myself in a way that, you know, maybe my music can help somebody else. You know, I've had people, probably the most rewarding experience that I've, you know, thing that I've ever had happen to me was, you know, somebody DMing me that my album, like, got them through, has been getting them through, like, a really dark time in their life. They weren't sure if they were still going to want to live anymore and then they found my music and like that was so humbling for me because like that's like you know if I can just make an impact on one person with like you know my story my expression then I think I've succeeded as an artist you know yeah I think that's I think that's great and I'm I'm sorry for your loss but I have mad Thank respect you, yeah. for you you know being able to push through it and and making something of it not not only physically in terms of music but also just mentally being able to like make the most of it and the fact that like you're sharing it yeah of course and the the fact that you're sharing it right now is is great because i hope that the people are who are listening who may be going through similar mental problems or or just whatever it you know it's it's never as bad as it seems um at the surface if we just kind of dig a little bit so i think that's really great so before we move on to part two, I think I saw on social media that you're dropping a single. 
in the next yes. week? Yes. Yeah, actually next Friday, a week from tomorrow. Ooh, okay, awesome. It's from the, the new album that I'm putting out, actually. At least I believe I'm going to keep it a part of the track list. Uh, it's called Microdose, and it's uh, featuring Lily Finale. She's the uh, amazing singer that was on Contour Lines. I'm very excited for this track. It's one of my favorites um, that I've made. I actually made it originally to put on Astral Plane. It wasn't feeling it, let it sit for a while, and then the idea kind of re-sparked in my head, and I I made it perfect. I would say, now that I'm looking at my calendar, I would say let's tease a snippet of it before it drops, but this episode is not going out until June 4th, so the, the song yeah. will have already been out by then, but I don't think that's a reason to not play it. So is it cool if yeah, you play man. a little bit of a snippet from that? Yes, absolutely. All right, let's run it. That was Microdose, which may or may not be on the impending uh, album. Which one does that drop, by the way, or when is that kind of slated to drop? I'm thinking uh, October. Cool. Regardless of if it's on there or not, it'll already be out by now. Um, so you should go listen to it. Obviously, I'm going to have everything that we are talking about, including what we're about to talk about in part two in the show notes, soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. So let's move on to part two, which is the part that you hear at the beginning, like, let's move along to show and tell now, shall we? From the Jimmy Neutron. Um, I don't know why I don't play that. Like, it would seem more apt to play it's that part. It's a good sound before... man. That's <laughs> thank, a deep cut, dude. It took, me, it took me a while to find it, to be honest. I was just looking on YouTube. but uh, just watched it, every single episode of Jimmy Neutron until you found it. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally what I did. That's totally what nice. I did. <laughs> no, all right, but let's move on. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Show and Tell podcast. This is part two, which is obviously called Show and Tell. This is where I ask the guests to bring in some sort of item that is significant to them, whether it be music, book. I said this all at the beginning, and I think this is the second time I've said this on the show where I'm just kind of reiterating what I've already said. Um, I bring in an item as well, and we talk about it, why you might like it, why we like it, and why it's cool and all that good shit. So would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Uh... Why don't you go first? I want to hear how you do this so that I can make sure I'm, I talk about it in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> For my item in part two, I want to talk about one of the short films that in, heavily has influenced me in, in the mm. career path that I've taken because I don't know if you know, most of the listeners know unless you're new, I am a freelance video editor, videographer, graphic designer, just, just a visual artist. Oh, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's what I... That's, what I, um, that's, that's awesome, what, man. Not only is it my passion, but it obviously is paying the bills at the at this moment in time. So videography is, is one of the main things that I do. And some of the videos that really got me into videography and wanting to do music videos or just 
creative visuals in general, um, flying, some of Flying Lotus's visuals, some of Tyler, the creators, some of Joey Badass's music videos. Um, I don't know if you know the, you know, XXYYXX that I do. That was one of the first electronic musicians I ever started listening to. Likewise, there was the video for about you. That's what it's called. Yeah. I had the people with animal masks and smoke was coming out of the, yeah, I love that yeah. Song. So that that was one of the videos as well. But that was around like 2012, 2011. So th- yeah. this short film came out in 2015. It's called Mr. Happy, and it stars Chance oh, the Rapper. It's a very short film. So I, when I told you that we were going to talk about this, from my end, you you have seen it. I have, yes. I, I will say this before we go any further. There's definitely going to be spoilers. I, I think it'd be impossible to really talk about it and yeah. make it entertaining without kind of spoiling a bit of it. So at this point in time. If you have 20-ish minutes to spare, I'd go watch it right now, pause this podcast, and then come back to see kind of what we have to say about it. If not, um, enjoy all the spoilers that we're about to give you. So <laughs> what do you? What did you think about this short film? So my friend was over one time, and he wanted he, – oh, whoops, sorry, my mic just fell. He always has the weirdest film suggestions, and depending on if I'm in an adventurous mood or not, I'll watch them. And I actually – he's never been wrong about – like a film to watch that's good mm-hmm. and i'll give him that he's actually introduced me to some of my favorite films ever like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind wouldn't have watched that movie without him so shout out to aiden if if you're listening to this aiden. um so he was over one time and he was like let's watch uh this short film chance the rapper did called mr happy i was kind of reluctant but i ended up just putting it on and i was by the end of it i was like damn that was like super powerful <laughs> man you know, I don't even know where to start with, honestly, like, it's it's so powerful because, like, it kind of opens the debate, like, yeah, it's about death, too. I mean, like, you die, you die right, at, yeah. he, you know, Chance, the protagonist, right? He dies at a pretty young age. He's probably, what, in his 20s, right? You mm-hmm. know, he, yep. You said, we, we already put up the spoilers, right? The alert, so I can talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm, I yeah, mean, he's, yeah, yeah. the way he's killed by the person who is like showing him happiness. There are so many different things you could explore about that. For one, it's like, yeah, it sucks, you know, if you're if you know, you die, but if you notice the clip after he's shot, he's got a smile on his face. Right. So he died happy, right? So is it entirely sad the way he died? Sure, but it, it just kind of it makes you think about like death a lot and the other thing that I thought about it is just, you know, he's killed by the person that makes him happy or the thing that makes him happy. He's not expecting it either. And I think it is also like maybe like a reminder that you should always be somewhat cautious before fully diving into, you know, maybe like a relationship with somebody right. or anything because, yeah, that could be making you happy in the moment, but it could completely blindside blindside you and just ruin your life or, you know, even be the reason you die. There's just a lot of things about it, you know. I mean, I'm, I'll let you talk. I don't want to steal everything from it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I want I was curious to hear your perspective. But now, now I'll rewind a little bit to kind of fill in some of the, the plot yeah. so that people know. I just know. kind of t- skipped the end <laughs> for the most no, part. You're, yeah. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. For the record, I think it's something that you have to watch like a few times. Not back to back. Yeah, it, definitely. Especially after the first time, it's a lot to digest, as you said. But I've, I think I've seen it maybe four times now. Like I obviously watched it a couple days ago in, in preparation for this, um, which was the first time I watched it in a few years. But... 
Anyways, Chance the Rapper is the main character. I actually learned that he, I'm sure he had a lot of input in terms of the creative direction. It, it wasn't necessarily listed in the credits, but the guy who directed it was Colin Tilly, who's done music videos for um, ah, nobody who I can think of off the top of my head at the moment. I have his website pulled up. He's done stuff for Kygo, Nicki Minaj. He did the the Tints music video with Anderson Pack and Kendrick. I love that one. Yeah. yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. So he's the he's the director. Chance is purely the starring character, but like I said, you can you can tell that he kind of has his personal touch on it. He plays a character named Victor Bennett, which is funnily enough Chance's last name. Long story short, he is uh, depressed to the point of suicide, and at the beginning, it shows two instances where this character victor tries to take his own life but fails to do so so he is you know suicidal but he can't get himself to take his own life you know his job is kind of mundane and sucks he has a co-worker who's very giddy to the point of annoyance you know he meets this this girl female character um it's like a paper store like a supply office yeah. depot sort of thing and he meets her He's very awkward, very shy. I mean, like, very awkward. And he does a great job of really portraying insecurity. Like, he can't really make eye contact with people. Um, yeah. And he's just very kind of, like, standoffish in, a, in an insecure way. So he, uh, he finds out about this service called Mr. Happy from people who, like him, weren't able to commit suicide. And it, right. it's, it's, it's weird to talk about suicide in this way. But, uh, I mean, that's – I think that's kind of the point of this Films yeah, it kind of like get cracks it open. It. Yeah. yeah, it really does. So, so I, I never really thought about that until now. So I appreciate that in that way. So he, he signs up for the service called Mr. Happy. He chooses um, a way to die. He chooses death by gun and painless. After which he signs up for the service, things start to go a little bit better. He sees this girl again who has an art gallery. She invites him to go to it. Um, he, he goes on one of his online chat forums to invite some friends to go because he clearly doesn't have any friends in real life. But not only that, none of the, the chat friends want to go with him. So it's just really showing how lonely he is. But he meets this girl. They hit it off. She is infatuating to him. And it turns out that by the end, oh, man, I, I almost like don't want to give away the whole thing. But I think we're too deep into it now, yeah. would you say? Yeah. He, he basically regrets his decision because he sees, like you said, there's this, this person who kind of makes him happy. And while he's kind of trying to escape, which Mr. Happy disclaimed that there's no escaping this once you make the decision. And it, and it just happened to be on Valentine's Day as well. He goes to try to escape with this, with this girl. And while he's pumping gas, you know, he starts to smile and realize, wow, you know, life isn't actually too terrible. He, he gets shot in the back of the head by the girl so it's such a a twist but it really showed that it was painless you know i think this girl kind of manipulating him in in a way like it's not very clear the first time you watch that she's manipulating him but it really shows that it made it as painless as possible what i got from it was that i think it's just it's human nature to want to know that someone cares about you before you die. Yeah. I think that's kind yeah. of what we all want, is we all want to know that we're not alone when, when we die. Nobody wants to die alone, yeah. So um, it, right. it is, it's a very, it's very dark. It's, it's, it's um, I don't know, past that, I think just visually speaking, it's it's beautiful. The editing as a right. as an editor it's great. Is, yeah. is incredible. It's There's a lot of choppy cuts, a lot of jump cuts mixed in with long takes. The coloring is the really coloring, good, yes, too. The coloring, yes. I was just about to say that. The coloring's really good. 
I went and kind of scrolled through the YouTube comments to see what other people had to say or if they picked up on things that I missed, and they definitely did. Um, there's some subtleties in the writing that, that show that some characters aren't necessarily who they are on the surface, or there's just some words in the script that kind of allude to things that happened or might happen, which I think is really cool. Honestly, I think it's it still holds up. I know it's only been four years, but it really it's it's really, really, really good. It is great. No, I, I only watched it for the first time like recently i would highly recommend anybody to go watch it even if we have really spoiled it not if we definitely did spoil it i still recommend going to watch it because it's just a it's a real piece of piece of art and it only takes about 25 minutes it it doesn't feel that way it's like i said the, the the pacing and the editing the flow of the story is very um is very is very good and you really you like i think you get to see chance the rapper from an from a different perspective yeah um, we all we all kind of know that he's multi-talented and is you know he can act but um his character in general is very lovable like you just want to go and like be friends with him <laughs> like he does he does a really good job is basically what i'm trying to say so yeah that's um mr happy it's a it's a vice short film and i think there's like the screen that shows before the film starts is like films that oh it's like something kind of jolly it's like vice films films that don't suck or something like that yeah <laughs> and then and then the next slate is like this has depictions man of, trying to kill himself yeah. yeah so it's it's even that is kind of ironic and satirical in a way but um we'll just leave it there for that one so definitely yeah. go watch that again i'll put the the link to that short film in the description and we will move on to your item austin what do you what do you bring into the show and tell table Man, so as I told you, uh, this was difficult for me because um, I'm a very impressionable person. There were a few different things that I, I thought about. Um, what I think I settled on, and I actually haven't even settled on it yet, so I'm deciding right now, <laughs> is that uh, I think I want to talk about The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Okay. That book, I read it for the first time in eighth grade. Was it for school? Was it for class or? It was for class, yeah. And I'm really glad it was because, you know, English was one of my better subjects, uh, like, as opposed to, like, math. I think that's par for the course for most people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I I was in an advanced English class in eighth grade with, like, five kids, and uh, the principal taught that class. And a lot of the books he chose were much more, looking for the right word. I would say less sheltered, much more real, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely the one that stuck with me to the point to where I've reread it just in my free time was uh, The Catcher in the Rye. So you've, you've, you've obviously read it, right? Because I'm going to start making some references to like the book and everything. I am going to be straight up and say I haven't, but I did read the entire Wikipedia page for it yesterday. Oh, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you probably know more about it than me then because I haven't read it in like two years. But, I mean, it still has this big of an impact on me. Right, yeah. If, you know, to everybody listening, if you haven't read it, I know it's a big commitment to, you know, read a book and everything. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like a 300-page book or however long it is. It's one of the most engaging. Um, I have never felt... And it, the type of connection that I did to, you know, to that, that I still do to that book. Man, there are so many, like, this could be like a three-hour conversation, by the <laughs> way, because there are so many, like, themes and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just the whole idea of, like, the loss of innocence, how Holden, you know, he, Holden is the protagonist, by the way. And, you know, spoiler alert again, you know, we're going to talk about the story right now. He's so... um 
And I honestly used to be this way. I think that's why I identified and I love the book so much because I really identified with Holden. And people used to say, oh, like everybody in my class hated the book. They were like, oh, it's so dark and like depressing. The only reason you like it is because you're like literally Holden. You know what? I'd You're like, bitch, so what if I am? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's really interesting because it's kind of like a lesson on being a hypocrite, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, he ditches school and he's just exploring New York. It's such an, it's just an adventure, right? And he's in a hotel room and he hires a hooker. And when she gets there, she starts to take her clothes off and he says, hey, you know, maybe you could put them back on and we could just talk. It becomes very obvious that he doesn't want to be the reason why people lose their innocence, right? At the same time, you know, he is going around hiring prostitutes and, you know... And he's, what, eight, like 17 in I'm the story? I'm not even sure, I think, yeah. I think he's, like, he's, he's definitely a teenager. Like, I honestly can't even... I feel unprepared because I can't even put this into words. How good... You just have to read it. It's so good. Basically, it's about this kid who, who you know, he's failed in school. He drops out, takes the train in New York... Basically, it's just three, four days of just him doing anything and everything. By the end of the story, he ends up, I think, in the intensive care unit or something because he has um, tuberculosis because it's in the middle of winter that he does this. And he's the whole story is written from his, or it's supposed to be like it's written from his hospital bed. Okay. It's definitely like, it's just a lesson, I think, on we're afraid to take risks. We're afraid to, it's a big step, you know, becoming, uh, this is definitely important to me right now because, you know, I'm in that transition phase from kind of teenage years to an adult. The innocence of childhood is, is, is kind of gone. You can either look at it with remorse, you miss it, you're sad, or, you know, you can look at it as an adventure, right? You know, in my opinion, you know, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that story, his whole, you know, even though he ends up very sick, it's an adventure. It's, it's a fun book to me, you know, yet some people see it as sad, depressing, because it's it's addressing topics that are things for adults, right? And uncomfortable topics. And I know, I, I guess I understand why they would say that we were all 14 when that happened. I enjoyed it because most of the kids on my street growing up were older than me. So I guess I was just, you know, I always kind of hung out with kids older than me, not to be that guy, you know, but yeah, no, of course. So I don't know. I, gosh, this sounds so douchey to say this, but our maturity levels were kind of on, at least for that subject matter, we're on different levels, you know, but, you know, a lot of my classmates and friends thought it was you know bleak and sad and everything and I thought it was an adventure and I feel like that's kind of those are the two ways you can kind of look at the whole loss of innocence you know it's kind of funny to to think about it this way because so many of the books that I read in high school a lot of the the themes are the loss of innocence so I'm I'm like kind of thinking about it now and wondering if the teachers had something that they were trying to teach yeah. us that we just truly couldn't <laughs> grasp. Like, don't lose your innocence. <laughs> I think I think literature needs to be more kind of abrasive, honestly. Like, sheltering will not help at all. Definitely not. You know no, what I mean? No. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. I think it's part of the reason why our society is kind of soft as a whole now. You know what I mean? No, I, to- I totally that doesn't. I totally that doesn't mean, mean, that doesn't mean, you know, like go out and just be a dick to people <laughs> or, you know, and say, oh, you can't take that, you know, snowflake or whatever. Like I, you know, I don't like that. What I mean is like mental toughness and just being able to 
take a joke. Yeah, like, it's okay. Well, no, no, not not that, you know, because sometimes, like, you know, some jokes aren't cool. But, like, depression is completely okay. Everybody goes through it, whether it's clinical or something that you're dealing with for a long time. Just having the mental toughness and, you know, understanding to know that, you know, okay, this isn't permanent. You know, things can't can get better you know because i think if we're schooled you know as as kids our upbringing is that everything is peachy keen and the whole model of oh you're going to go to high school for four years and you're going to graduate and go to a four-year college and you know like that's not the truth though you know and i i feel like when when things don't go exactly as you're prepped that they will when you're younger that is part of the reason why i think so many people are depressed or have anxiety, you know what I mean? Like, you're just not prepared for things to go differently. And I think a lot of that falls on uh, our education system. Not just that, but like social socialization from like family and everything. So I could go on and on about that for a long time. But um, no, I definitely know. I stand with you on, on your on those sentiments for sure. I, I think I, I think you said it, I don't really think I need to add much more to to that. So I definitely know what you mean. Plus, the cool thing is they haven't made it a movie yet, and the book's been out forever, and I'm glad it's that way. Like, I don't think a movie could ever encapsulate everything that the book does. And I, like, Salinger, who I think he passed away six or seven years ago, he spent his entire life fighting big movie companies, saying, absolutely not, you have no, you cannot make this a movie. Very purist. Very purist. Yeah. You know, that's, I appreciate that as an artist, so, you know. Word. So... Your classmates and and to an extent yourself kind of relate you to the main character Holden purely from a location standpoint. Do you see yourself ever moving away from LA? Because you're an LA native, right? I am an LA native, so I just applied to um, do uh, Berkeley College of Music online so that I can um, you know get my education because I want to you know work in the music business, whether it be as a film composer, an artist, a touring artist, or, you know, a manager. I want to work in this industry. That's what I'm passionate about. So I'm trying to do that at the same time as having, you know, this career for Geller. And my market, you know, I feel like LA might have been a better, no no hate on Boston, but I feel like the electronic market isn't the same. There's no comparison. There, you know I mean? There's no comparison. Yeah. So do I ever see myself moving away from LA? Absolutely. Yes. I went and visited New York for the first time a few months ago. It would be a dream to live there. It's expensive. I would have to <laughs> save up some money, of course, and have a pretty stable job. But yeah, yeah I definitely see myself moving away from LA. I, I definitely kind of feel as big as LA is, I feel kind of boxed in and stuck at times. Like there's so much more of the world out there. And I just not to be a romantic or anything. No, but I no, no. I want to, you know, experience you know that. There's, there's um, nothing wrong with a little romance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, so. if we have, if we can afford the ability to travel, if if it just be a, a trip, you know, a week long, like we we owe it to ourselves to do that because it not only is just a fun thing to do and it breaks us away from our daily lives, it opens us up to different cultures, different perspectives, and different different ways of living. So. But yeah, I mean, if you ever if you ever want to come out to Boston, um, you got you got a place to stay. I will. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm definitely gonna be out in Boston at least one time this year, uh, hopefully for the show. But um, I know that you know, knock on wood, assuming I get in, fingers crossed, all that. I'm hoping. I hear back in about two weeks. I'm pretty sure that there are conferences that I would have to travel to Boston for. Okay. So cool. 
Yeah, we'll definitely link up for sure, man. Dope. So on that note, I think um, if you don't have anything else to say about Catcher in the Rye, we can leave it there. Nah, man. I honestly have so much to say that my (laughs) thoughts will get jumbled, so we should probably just stop it there. That sounds good. Um, So if people want to find you and maybe pick your brain a little bit more about The Catcher in the Rye, or if they just want to maybe listen to your music, where can people find you? So I am on every platform I'm on. uh, You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at the same username. It's at Geller Music. And uh, my website is uh, gellermusic.com, SoundCloud, Geller Music. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, whatever you stream on under Geller. Yeah, if you want to pick my brain about some, you know, Catcher, of the, Catcher in the Rye or anything else, I, I'm a big sports fan. You guys like talking sports. I, I, just, I enjoy just conversation. I enjoy it. Dope. That is awesome. So... From my end, if you want to follow us, actually, I'll say first, if you want to find all of this information, hit up Geller, listen to his music, find what we were talking about, um, you can go to soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. You just go to the description, that'll be there because I don't have a website yet. And that's uh, that's the hub is SoundCloud. I'm using the, <laughs> the dying platform to hold the show notes. So you can go there, um, follow us on social media at Let's Show and Tell, hit us up as well, just just for whatever. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your uh, yeah, man. busy schedule to uh, have a chat with me. It was it was really Thank, good. I, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been enjoyable. I appreciate it a lot, man. Thank you for having me. No worries. So with that being said, sharing is caring. Peace.